we are grateful today, and I hope you feel this too, the blessing of God's spirit, God's presence as we worship God today. So would you just pause with me and pray as we open up God's word together this morning? Our dear God, for this gift of life, we pause and give thanks. For you are our creator. We feel the peace of knowing that we are yours and you are ours and that we belong in this entire order of creation. And so in whatever might have felt upended or unsettled this week, we pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would settle us, settle us in you today by the power of the Holy Spirit present here. Blessing all those who are watching online as well as those who are here in person. In Jesus' name, amen. This is the time of year when I feel most excited about living here. You? Seriously, have you looked around? Have you looked around at where we live? It is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. I know, I know. I'm the one that says it's beautiful when it's pouring out rain. And I'm like, look at this glorious day. And you're all looking at me like, what? But it is glorious right now. The, the sunshine and the green hills and the flowers that are still exploding on the side. And these are just some of the pictures. These are, I know, they're from my phone. But these are actual scenes that I have seen with my own eyes where you see the, the glistening cactus, and the flowers that are opening up from desert plants and things that are just stunning and beautiful and glorious. After all of our torrential downpours that we've had for that sustained amount of time, I did two desert visits that were unlike other times. Anza Borrego and Joshua Tree, both places that I love, and yes, I love all of the earth tones, all of the browns. We can visit in the summer and I still think it's stunning. But the flowers that are exploding and the green in places that normally it isn't green, it is brilliant. It's brilliant to behold. And I have seen things that are more stunning than I have witnessed in those places. What a perfect Sabbath to celebrate God's creation. What a perfect Sabbath for us to pause and take note. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech and night after night they proclaim knowledge. There is knowledge of God everywhere we look. There is God revealing who God is for us to see all around us. My simple appeal this morning is to invite you to take notice, to take in the beauty of creation because all around us, God's world speaks. One simple appeal. Would you open your eyes? Would you pay attention? Would you, like I need to, remember that you're a part of this creation? The first words of the scriptures, Genesis chapter 1, say, in the beginning, God created. 
That's where it all starts. It's the core of who we are as Seventh-day Adventist Christians and creationists that we believe that all that exists comes from the loving heart of a creator that God fashioned and made, that God's handiwork is visible in us and around us. Perhaps that you could say noticing creation is the first step towards living under the lordship of Jesus Christ. For we recognize that out of chaos, out of darkness and the void, that God creates, that the spirit hovers over the waters and that Christ speaks and the earth is born. Creation reminds us that truly all is well. We recall on this Earth Day the words of Ellen White who said, God designs that the Sabbath shall direct the minds of humankind to the contemplation of his created works. Nature speaks to their senses, declaring that there is a living God, the creator, the supreme ruler of all. The heavens declare the glory of God. The beauty that clothes the earth is a token of God's love. We may behold it in the everlasting hills, in the lofty trees, in the opening buds and the delicate flowers. All speaks to us of God. The Sabbath ever pointing to him who made it all bids us open the great book of nature and trace the wisdom, the power, and the love of the creator. Everything around us points to God's design. We remember the words of 16th century reformer Martin Luther who writes, God writes the gospel not in the Bible alone, but also on trees and in the flowers and the clouds and the stars. The power of God is present at all places, even in the tiniest tree leaf, says Luther. We see the work of the master designer today. Our God the creator and sustainer of all life, all living things, great and small, stars and galaxies, mammals and microscopic organisms, monumental mountains and tiny particles, all held together by God. If we pause to take it in, we truly say, in you we live and move and have our being. As we were studying the Bible this week with a group, one of the students brought up Tell tardigrades. Have you heard of these guys? Tardigrades. That's what a tardigrade potentially looks like. It's an illustration. But tardigrades, have you heard of these creatures? Just raise your hand if you have. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you. Um, it's all of, it's usually the younger crowd. I had forgotten about them completely, but one of the students brought them up to me and I started to dig in. They're one of the toughest species on the planet. They can survive being boiled and frozen. They can go a decade without water. They're known as the creatures that survive the of space. These creatures are amazing. I had forgotten that they existed. There's an un- ending, there's some great pictures of them, right? There's an unending amount of learning that can take place when we pull up our seat and witness the handiwork of our God. They were, we were talking about all the lifespan of creatures and the shortest living creatures and the longest living creatures. And when you start to jump in and pay attention again, as if seeing it for the first time, there's so much to behold. There's so much to wonder about. As we contemplate creation, we see our creator. 
Just like you can tell a lot about an artist by their art, and we stand in museums in front of works of art and we learn about that person by what they have created, when we take in creation, we learn a lot about our creator. The creation story speaks of how God formed a creature from the dust of the ground and breathed into the creature's nostrils the breath of life, and that human creature became a living being. Many scholars point out that here in the creation of humanity, that there's a play on words that's not reflected in most English translations. In the Hebrew, the word for human is Adam, and the word for ground is Adama, and the Hebrew word for human and ground are connected, phonetically and likely etymologically as well. But to capture this meaning, this flavor in the original Hebrew, we might say that from the earth, God formed an earthling, or from uh, the humus, God formed a human. From the fertile soil, God was bringing out this human being. In the Hebrew, names have special significance. So they speak of the essence of a person, or the original design, or the character of the one named. So the name given Adam tells us a story of what we are to remember about being human. Human. Adam from the Adama, the earth, the creation, that Adam comes from the ground, the reddish-brown soil that supports all life, soil that can absorb water and receive seeds and nurture plants, bringing forth life for all of us, plants and animals to survive, that we are to remember that we are a part of the creation, not to dominate but to steward, that we come from, that God animated us from that very same ground we are to tend and to keep. As we studied this very verse in our Bible study, again, the students were joking that dust doesn't hold together well, so the picture of dust, dust plus breath equals living soul, have you studied that before? This in scripture where God animates the earth with his breath and that that's what becomes a living soul. One student said, but dust doesn't hold together. It must have been mud. God must have been playing in the mud. And I said, I think you're right. I think you're right. God worked the soil and made mud and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Can you picture it? animated body and mind and heart, suddenly from the very breath of God, the one who spoke it all into existence, suddenly the human being is alive. We are connected with God and connected with all of creation, made in the image of our creator and yet connected to all life as we steward and tend and oversee. In 1968, thanks to the space program, we got a different perspective on where we live. Apollo 8 launched on December 21, 1968, and I was viewing some footage and pictures from around this time and the news around this time, and Frank Borman, James Lavelle, and William Anders were the first humans to see our Earth as a whole planet. They were able to see the earth rising over the moon, and they shared stunning pictures of the earth from outer space, giving us an entirely different perspective on our home. This picture called Earthrise 
was perhaps the most stunning and most famous of them all. It shows our glorious blue planet rising over the dull gray of the moon with the blackness of outer space behind it. This photograph of Earth brought to life the words from Adlai Stevenson, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, who said, we travel together, passengers on a little spaceship, dependent on its vulnerable supplies of air and soil, all committed for our safety to its security and peace, preserved from annihilation only by the care, the work, and will I say, the love we give our fragile craft. It was not long after we saw this picture that Earth Day came into being in April of 1970 because we saw a different perspective on what we were a part of. But as believers, and especially as Seventh-day Adventist Christians, we've always been tied to this creation. Worship of our creator, part of this creation, awe and wonder are our birthright. We were made for this, made for noticing paying attention to what God is doing. Author K.J. Ramsey says, beauty can bring us home. Beauty can bring us home. By seeing beauty, by opening our eyes and paying attention, we can be brought home to our God. That's why they say, take a walk outside, go outside when you're stressed, because by seeing what God has made, you are reminded of the one who holds you and holds it all. Going further, biblical scholar Walter Brueggemann writes that Israel articulated its creation faith by doxology, the song that we opened with today. The public practice where Israel sings in awe and wonder about the glory and goodness of God viewed in all of creation. It's most accurate then to refer to the verses in the creation story as part of a liturgy, a worship. He suggests that it was good is the congregational response to this liturgy. An alternative way of translating the opening words of Genesis are when God began to create. And he says, it's as if God says, when the Sabbath comes, look at what I have made and consider that I am not finished yet. You can be a part of the ongoing creative process. We who pause for Sabbath, practice the Sabbath by saying, look at all you created, and then by acknowledging that the creation of the world is still going on, that our creator is still working around us. By choosing to live with our eyes open to what God is doing in the world, we say yes to the invitation to be a part of the ongoing creation of the world. We're invited to join God in saying, it is good. It is good. Look at what you're doing. It is good. This has been an experience for me that has been a part of my whole life, going out and hitting the trails, hiking, biking underneath the trees, Standing underneath the waterfalls as the water hits my head, ice cold, but we have to do it because this is what our family does when we're backpacking. But going out and experiencing, immersing yourself, and even still today, whenever I feel the pressure or the pain, 
as I feel the loss. Do you ever just take in the news and feel like, wow, God's heart must be hurting for all that's going on in the world? Or look around at the lives of those you love. It's in those moments that I stop and I step outside and I take a deep breath and I'm reminded that this is my father's world. Do you know that song? This is my father's world. And let me ne'er forget that, oh, though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. By us re-engaging in our birthright, which is awe and wonder, a part of creation, stewards of this beautiful planet, we remember that even if things seem wrong, that this world is God's world. This place is God's place. How many of you have found that experience to be true that I have as well, that, that when things are unsettled, if you step into God's world, you are reminded of the sovereignty of God? Does anyone experience that? If you haven't, I invite you today to go outside and to take notice. Because somehow we have mistakenly in prioritizing sitting with God in prayer, which is powerful and which I do as well, and reading the scripture, we have also forgotten that we can pull up a seat and pray in God's second book, the gospel of God revealed in creation, and be reminded that our God is ruler over it all, can give us tremendous peace. The truth is this, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. The skies are displaying the work of his hands. And that day after day, they are proclaiming what some of us forget, the praise of the one who made it all. Day after day, night after night, all of creation is testifying that our God rules over it all. So today, we celebrate the creator and we open our eyes to what God is doing. We lift up our eyes to see. This song for the beauty of the earth is an anthem of gratitude. An anthem of praise for things that we could so easily miss. I want to invite you to think of three things this morning that you have already seen that God has made that you are grateful for. And I'm gonna just give you a moment to pause. Think of three things that you have seen that God made that you are grateful for. Just pause for a moment. I'm not gonna have you share it with anyone. Just pause for a moment. For all those things that we could so easily miss, for the beauty of the earth invites us to declare those as an anthem of praise. For the orange blossoms that fill the air with perfume. For the prickly cacti that glisten in the morning sunlight. For the soil that nourishes the plants and trees. For the palm trees waving in the breeze. For the sweetness of the mango and papaya on my tongue. For the dog that jumps into my lap at the end of the day. For the arms that hug and hold me close. Lord of all, to thee we raise this our song of grateful praise. In this Easter month, this Easter season, we remember the God of the resurrection. And today we remember the God of creation. 
For we are people of creation and people of redemption. For redemption and creation are inextricably tied. That our God who made and fashioned and formed is our God who says, no, I'm not giving up on it. So there is life after death and there is hope after despair. God is making all things new. And today, I invite you to one simple thing. Notice. Take notice. When we take notice, we might find ourselves joining in another song of scripture, Revelation chapter 4. Worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and are created. I can imagine us joining in that song that Elder Polinsi mentioned, that song of worthiness, that song where we praise our God who created all. And as we contemplate creation, we with Jeremiah call out just like he did in Jeremiah 32, verse 17, Ah, Lord, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. As you see creation, you see that God made it all. And then we can declare together, nothing is too hard for you. Because as we behold all that God has done, all the problems and all the concerns and all the worries and all the anxieties that we hold, suddenly we affirm what is always true. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Would you say that with me just now? Nothing is too hard for you. One more time. Nothing is too hard for you. Seeing the evidence of our God at work, seeing creation reminds us nothing is too hard for you. It reminds us of the worthiness of our God, that God is due honor and glory and power and praise. And all of that starts with noticing. So I invite you sometime today to take time to notice, to take time to pay attention, to take time to remember who we are as a part of creation. For this is our birthright. We are invited to notice.